You are tuned to KVMR-FM Nevada City, KCPC Camino. It's 6 p.m. Tuesday, December 21st. I'm Joyce Miller, and this is the KVMR Evening News. Right after the BBC headlines, Governor Gavin Newsom is proposing a gun control gambit using the legal strategy of the Texas anti-abortion law, namely outsourcing enforcement to private individuals. The California report asks, could it backfire? After regional news and weather, hydrologist Steve Baker says the northern part of the state finally has something wet to celebrate. And Mark Cuniberti tries to get a grip on finding safety in a wacky market. This is the California Report. I'm Alex Hall in Fresno. A judge has struck down San Diego Unified School District's COVID-19 student vaccination mandate, saying it conflicts with state law. In his ruling, San Diego Judge John Meyer said that only the state legislature can mandate a vaccine for students attending classes without a personal belief exemption. He said San Diego Unified overstepped its authority by not allowing for personal belief or religious exemptions. A high school student in the district sued over the mandate arguing that it was a form of religious discrimination. This comes as the district hit an important milestone yesterday. That was the deadline for thousands of students, 16 and older, to have received their second dose of the vaccine. Those who weren't fully vaccinated would have had to learn remotely beginning in late January. It's unclear if the school district will appeal the ruling. An attorney representing San Diego Unified said they were disappointed in the decision. Public school students are on break this week, and with the Omicron variant rapidly on the rise, many California districts sent students home with school-issued rapid COVID testing kits. As KQED's Julia McAvoy explains, it's part of an effort to make sure kids don't bring the coronavirus back to school with them. The state's Department of Public Health is providing the kits free to districts. In San Diego Unified, some 98,000 were sent home with children. Susan Barndoller is the district's head of nursing and wellness. The more that people can test, the better. Knowledge is power. And so they really want to get at-home tests into the hands of families and students. The district wants all kids, vaccinated or not, to test on December 31st, then again the morning they return to school on January 3rd. In Oakland, the district has a similar winter break at-home testing program and directs parents to how-to videos. Aprendamos cómo puedes completar la prueba tú mismo y leer tus resultados en solo unos minutos. Oakland parent of two, Kim Watson, says her kids are vaxxed and the family is limiting holiday gatherings, but she appreciates the district's proactive move. Especially after seeing infections spike in 2020 after the holidays. If the COVID home test kits can prevent just one student or family from being exposed to COVID, uh, I think the investment and decision to send home kits home are well worth it. Districts are using various portals for uploading to local and state health departments. None of this is mandatory, however. It just relies on families to do their part on behalf of their schools. For the California Report, I'm Julia McAvoy. California Governor Gavin Newsom thinks he's found a way to crack down on illegal guns in a way that will avoid being struck down by the federal courts. As his model, he's using a Texas law empowering ordinary people to sue anyone who helps a woman get an abortion. KQED Politics editor Scott Schaefer reports. 
Texas essentially outsources enforcement of its strict anti-abortion law to private individuals who can file lawsuits. The Supreme Court allowed that law to stand, for now, while also blocking lawsuits against government officials, like the Texas Attorney General who defends state laws in court. Governor Gavin Newsom didn't mince words about the high court's recent ruling. I think it was a terrible decision by the United States Supreme Court. Newsom, a staunch supporter of abortion rights, saw an opportunity for California. And to the extent this decision is used to put women's lives at risk, we're going to use this decision to save people's lives by addressing the issue of gun violence here in the state of California. Newsom is proposing a new law to allow private individuals to sue people who make, sell, or distribute weapons banned in the state, including assault weapons and so-called ghost guns. So he's basically saying, "Okay, I'll see your opinion in the Texas abortion case and I'll raise you a new gun control law. That's Jessica Levinson, a professor of law at Loyola Law School in Los Angeles. It was really just a matter of moments until there was some blue state governor that was going to say, "Okay, the Supreme Court's told us exactly how we can pass laws, try and evade judicial review. So I'm going to go ahead and pass a law that protects X, Y or Z. Although California has some of the toughest gun laws on the books, the state has had more than its share of mass shootings in recent years. Our top story is breaking news in Santa Barbara County. A gunman went on a mass shooting near UC Santa Barbara. The violence erupted last night west of the UCSB campus in Isla Vista. There are nine separate crime scenes. A mass shooting with casualties at a crowded family food festival in Northern California. Habad Poway near San Diego was packed when a 19-year-old white male shooter entered with an AR-style rifle and opened fire at 11.23 a.m. Authorities say he killed an older woman and injured at least three others. Crimes like those and gun violence in general are often carried out with weapons banned in California. One of the people working to create the legislation Governor Newsom wants is California Attorney General Rob Bonta. His legal strategy is based on the anti-abortion law in Texas. Generally private individuals who could uh, provide a force multiplier to support our common sense gun safety laws to make more people safe and save more lives. Even some supporters of the Texas law worried in briefs filed with the Supreme Court that this legal framework could backfire, says Sarah Partial Perry with the Heritage Foundation in Washington. I think there are conservatives who are concerned that there is going to be sort of a copycat effort. Perry says the Supreme Court is giving a roadmap to challenge all kinds of rights by blocking off federal courts as a way to challenge state officials who implement the laws. For particularly disfavored constitutional rights, whether that's freedom of speech, freedom of religion. And gun owners' rights. California Assemblyman Mike Gibson, a former cop from Los Angeles, has authored legislation against ghost guns. Now he's eager to carry Governor Newsom's latest gun control idea. California is unique and other states follow California. We hope that they will follow this lead once it gets on the governor's desk signed into law. Of course, there's a long way between an idea and a law, especially a controversial one like this. The challenges are right enshrined in the Second Amendment. That said, it seems to be a fight Governor Newsom would relish. For the California Report, I'm Scott Schaefer in San Francisco. Support for the California Report comes from Stanford Medicine. Protecting your health and providing dependable care with safe in-person appointments and video visits. StanfordHealthCare.org slash AdaptingCare. Paint Care. Now with 800 drop-off sites in California where households and businesses can recycle their leftover paint. 
more at paintcare.org. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Futures, focused on finding exceptional people and helping them do more for others together. On the web at schmidtfutures.com. And that's the California Report for Tuesday, December 21st. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Alex Hall. Thanks for listening. In regional news, late Monday, the California Citizens Redistricting Commission voted to approve final redrawn maps for the state's Congressional, Senate, Assembly, and Board of Equalization districts. On the redrawn congressional map, Nevada County has been resituated in District 3, whose geographical area is now represented by Republican Tom McClintock. Nevada County currently is in Congressional District 1, represented by Doug LaMalfa, also a Republican. The new District 3 extends from Plumas County in the northeast, down the eastern side of California, through Placer and El Dorado counties all the way down to Inyo County. The maps can be found at wedrawthelinesca.org slash final underscore maps. As reported by the San Francisco Chronicle, the maps sit for public review over the next few days, going to California's Secretary of State to be certified no later than December 27th, meaning that they are all but set in stone. The state constitution dictates that public comment shall be taken for at least three days from the date of public display of final statewide maps. Public comment can be submitted at the contact page of the commission's website. Once again, that's wedrawthelinesca.org. Although the commission also drew new boundaries for the state Senate, Assembly, and Board of Equalization districts, most of the focus has been on the change in congressional boundaries. The state lost a seat in the U.S. House of Representatives due to sluggish population growth over the last decade. As the Sacramento Bee put it today, California is poised to become a crucial battleground for control of the U.S. House next year as the new maps help Democrats and push Republicans into tough competitive races. Candidates will have to make final decisions about their futures by the March 11th filing deadline. Turning to regional weather, rain is expected this evening with multiple winter storms on the way through early next week. The National Weather Service has put into effect a winter weather advisory for the greater Lake Tahoe area from 7 tonight to 4 a.m. Thursday and a winter storm warning from 4 a.m. Thursday to 4 p.m. Sunday. Travel at the higher elevations could be very difficult to impossible, especially Wednesday night and Thursday. For the high country, a white Christmas is probable, with 13 inches of snow predicted in Truckee on Christmas Day. Precipitation in our area is forecast through the week, with snow levels of 3,000 to 4,000 feet rising to 5,500 to 6,500 Wednesday. Thursday night snow levels could lower to 2,500 feet, and by Saturday night, as low as 1,500 feet. Snow totals could range from 8 to 24 inches above 2,500 feet, with accumulation of a few inches possible down to 2,000 feet. Tonight in Nevada City and Grass Valley, rain developing at about 8 p.m. with a low of 43 degrees. Wednesday, cloudy with periods of rain, a high of 47 and a low of 44. In Truckee tonight, snow showers turning into steadier snow overnight with a low of 24. Wednesday in Trekkie, cloudy with snow, a high of 36 and a low of 29. Snow accumulation of 3 to 5 inches is expected. In Sacramento this evening, rain likely with a low of 43 degrees. 
Wednesday in Sacramento, rain early, then cloudy with showers in the afternoon, a high of 52 and a low of 49. KVMR's Paul Emery talks to hydrologist Steve Baker, who tells us that, at least for Northern California, recent water news brings much to celebrate, including the white gold that can bring billions to the Sierra economy. This water news with Steve Baker is supported by clear water and filtration on rough and ready highway Grass Valley. Well, Steve, um, as of today, it looks like it's going to rain and snow this week. Um, maybe Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, a white Christmas. Yeah. yeah. Any uh, self-reflection of that? You know, I do. I, I, I remember. I have a memory, okay? I can remember when I was a wee little one. I was probably four years old, and I lived. I grew up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and it was a it was Christmas Eve evening. This uh, this really happened to me. I you know it was a huge winter storm out there in Pennsylvania and Pittsburgh, and there were whiteout conditions. You couldn't see anything outside. Snow was just barreling down from the skies. It was about six p.m. or so, six to seven. Had a knock at the door. Us young kids, you know, we we're all excited. We went to answer the door, and guess who was there, Paul? <laughs> It was, yes, Santa Claus. <laughs> so Santa Claus arrives at the door and comes in and ho-ho-hos, gave us all, everybody, all the kids in the house got, you know, all of us got a present. And and then when he left, you know, I opened the door up after he left and I swear I saw the reindeer <laughs> and the sleigh flying across the, uh, across the electric Telephone poles, you know, across the in the front of your front yard as you go down the neighborhood there. I, I swear I saw them. So, so keep your eyes open this Christmas Eve. It's going to be a white one more than likely, and you never know what you'll see. Well, Santa's probably thrilled with our weather. It's really, you know, his style. Uh, <laughs> I guess it makes deliveries pretty easy. Hey, it does. You know, you know, thanks to these multiple atmospheric river storms. California's snowpack, it went up from 18% to 98% of where it should be right now. So we are in really good, in a good position there. Our precip so far this year is really the wettest in more than, than 40 years. I mean, you were saying even locally, I mean, our, we're looking really good right now on precipitation. Now, if you break up California into different pieces, Northern California is really above average as we're experiencing here. But Southern California, they've uh, the atmospheric river storms have missed them to some degree. I think they got nailed with one. There were there weren't that many, and so they there were they are typically uh, at this time of year, but they haven't had an abundance of of water down there. You know, you probably don't realize it when these atmospheric river storms or any storm really comes through the Sierras, but when the Sierras get that big snowstorm. That means that some of our neighboring states further to the east, they get the short, short end of the stick because all that moisture stopped here and it didn't continue and, and, go, and move on. And then if you look even beyond that further east to Colorado, Wyoming, and, and New Mexico, they're, they're having difficulties right now. They're getting snow, but it's, it's, uh, it's difficult. Of course, quite a bit of our water does ultimately come from the Rocky Mountains, especially Southern California, right? Well, Southern California relies uh, 20% of their supply. Yeah, yep. it comes from the Colorado River. Yep, yep. And, um, well, Steve, um, 
uh, you've told me you're a skier. I bet that the ski resorts are pretty happy right now. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I'm just an okay skier. I can get down to the bottom of the hill without crashing too many times. But, uh, you know, telemarking, that sort of thing is a lot of fun for me. But but it's it's hard to imagine that just last week the Sierras were bare and brown. Okay. Now look at them. Holy mackerel. Now we've had these atmospheric river storms come through as of like the late October. Nothing, you know, we had that big one in late October. And then we had six weeks of almost nothing. Today, the Sierras are painted white and expect to drive through tunnels. When you get up there, there are places where you're going to have tall snowbanks on either side of, of the road. It's a winter wonderland right now up there. Mount Rose received six and a half feet of snow between Sunday and Wednesday. That's a lot of snow. Kirkwood, five feet. Sugar Bowl, four and a half feet. Andrew Schwartz, he's the lead researcher at UC Berkeley's Central Sierra Snow Lab. He said their their tradition is to take these measurements at, at 8 a.m. in the morning. Okay. And, uh, and that's what is reported. Well, the Snow Lab received nearly six and a half feet. That's 80 inches of snow from this uh, last storm that we had. So, um we are, well, last series of storms that we've had. So we're, we're really just getting started. This is December, which is, you know, typically one of our best months. Now, according to Brian Allegretto, he's uh, over in Lake Tahoe. He re- uh, Lake Tahoe received between four and eight and a half feet of snow in five days. Okay, we already talked about some of those. And when Tahoe sees or experiences all that white stuff, they refer to it as the white gold. Okay, the reason for that is that snow generates $3.2 billion in the economy, $3.2 billion. And that, uh, that is experienced by the California resorts that surround Tahoe Basin. So water has great, great value for the Sierras. Thank you so much. You bet. Managing groundwater is Steve Baker's career and passion, and that has led him into working on all water sources and supplies. This has been another conversation with KVMR's water guy, Steve Baker. You can email him with your questions at water at operationunite.co. The markets are so crazily unpredictable that even Mark Cuniberti is second-guessing himself. But he's got a few ideas for finding safe haven. Welcome to another edition of Money Matters. My name is Mark Cuniberti. So, dear listener, are you getting tired of all the ups and downs in the markets and in the news in general? Seems like getting a grip on anything nowadays is impossible. From COVID to the markets to colorful presidents, nothing is as it seems, or at least for a while. The world seems to get a grip on things, only to have it slip through our hands once again. From unemployment to supply shortages to vaccines to new variants, new bailouts and stimulus checks, inflation and stock market plunges, followed by stunning rallies. I could ask, what the heck is going on in the world, and when will we return to some sort of normal? 
normalcy. It's no wonder the markets of the world can't seem to make up their minds as to which way to go. Mankind in general seems to have the same confusion as to what to do and where are we going. The rotation in and out of stock sectors has been extraordinary. One week technology stocks are up and industries are down, then the following week it reverses. Bonds, which can react opposite to stocks, rise one day, then fall the next. Lately, one of the shining stars in the world of stocks has been Apple, holding up relatively well in the face of recent sell-offs. It has risen steadily in the last few months to touch an all-time high. Keep in mind, definitely this is not a recommendation to buy or sell any securities, including Apple, because it wouldn't surprise me in the least to see it reverse hard at any time or continue its remarkable resiliency. Yes, the markets are that crazy as to make even this analyst second guess which way the markets will go and when they will go there. The polarization of America is what I would really call it, and seemingly it started with the 2020 presidential elections and accelerated with COVID, the mass debate, the vaccination debate, and the recent public trouncing of some of the latest Washington policies, which includes printing up trillions of dollars and throwing them around everywhere. At this point, who's to say which direction is the right one for the markets and indeed the world in general. Meanwhile, no one person or one group seems to want to admit they're wrong in any of this, so everyone seems to plow on blindly regardless of effect or outcome. That said, economically speaking, an argument could be made on both sides as to whether the market and or the economy are careening off a cliff or headed for greatness. An endless rally on Wall Street since April 2020 took almost everyone by surprise, driving the Dow to an almost double. One could ask just how high could the market go in the face of the last 18 months' ballistic rise. On the other side of the coin is the argument that with $5 trillion or more in newly created money by the Fed to pay for all the COVID relief and infrastructure packages, that it has to go somewhere and historically Fed spending will eventually find its way into Wall Street. And undoubtedly it has. Will trillions more also take the same path and flow into stocks, driving the indexes even higher? Will another COVID variant arise and panic the markets downward? Will COVID ever go away entirely, and will the vaccines ever provide 100% protection, or at least offer some comfort as to partial immunity so we can all go back to work and play once and for all? It is said the markets hate uncertainty, and it's not a stretch of the imagination to say at this particular time in history there is more than enough uncertainty in the markets, and indeed on the entire planet due to COVID and its effect on all of us. With that in mind, when uncertainty reigns supreme, it's probably prudent to be more safe than sorry with one's retirement. In order to do that, moving more into cash and fixed income and lightening up on traditional stock holdings may be the order of the day. By maintaining at least some stock positions and mixed with cash and fixed income, you might still participate in a market rally if it occurs, yet not be entirely slaughtered, should all hell break loose in the markets. That's it for today's Money Matters. Today's newscast is opinion only and may not represent those of this news media and should not be construed as individual investment advice, nor represents the opinion of any staff, members, or underwriters, investment or advisory firm, or banking industry. Our website is moneymanagementradio.com, where everything is free. The email is news at moneymanagementradio.com. Both of those are free. Our way of saying thank you for listening to your community radio station. I hold California insurance license OL34249, and I'm a Medicare agent approved in the state of California. My name's Mark Kuhnenberg.
That's our newscast. Coming up next at 6.30, it's an all-new edition of Educationally Speaking with Scott Lay and Kim Ewing. Tonight, the spotlight is on small but mighty Twin Ridges, the smallest school district in Nevada County. And at 7 p.m., it's Democracy Now! with Amy Goodman. The KVMR Evening News is produced by KVMR News Director Claudio Mendoza and airs every weekday at 6 p.m. Check out our website, kvmr.org, to hear expanded versions of many of our stories and interviews. Or you can listen to the KVMR Evening News wherever you get your podcasts. KVMR Community Radio gets support from Four Paws Animal Clinic. Dr. Susan Murphy and Sue Lester and staff are proud to support KVMR, providing medical, dental, alternative, and surgical services for cherished companions on Searles Avenue in Nevada City. FourPawsAC.com And Carmen's Garden and Greenhouse, locally owned since 2012 on Loma Rica Drive, Grass Valley. Stocking greenhouse coverings and components, down-to-earth amendments, IPM products, and more. Open Monday through Friday, 10 to 5, carmensgarden.com. This is Joyce Miller signing off. Have a safe and cozy winter solstice evening. Tomorrow morning in Nevada City, the sun will rise at 721, and tomorrow evening it will set at 445, giving us one more second of daylight than today.